0: If you talk to enough salespeople, you'll find that they don't like sales coaches and they don't like sales trainers. But if you ask them why, they can never really put their finger on it, or maybe they give a weak answer. Today, I'm going to share with you 10 reasons, plus a bonus reason why you don't like sales trainers. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a good day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios. I'm coming to you live from the mobile studio. Today I'm out on the Delta. So about 25, 30 miles south of Sacramento is like some of the best river area, wakeboarding area, known to man. And there's some islands and there's some sloughs. And one of my favorite places to go and sit and watch the sunset out here when I'm not in Hawaii uh, allows me to come out here and There's hardly ever anybody out here. It's nice and quiet. And I figured today would be a good day to record this episode of why you struggle with sales trainers. And here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to say some things that may hurt some feelings. It may be a asbestos underwear type conversation as my mom refers to it as because, well, let's face it, it needs to be said. So I've come up with a few reasons why you don't like sales trainers. And some of them you may not have even thought of. And some of them you're going to be like, yep, totally agree. That's right. That's right. So let's start with this. Let's get this one out of the way. Old techniques. I paid a sum of money to go see a sales trainer outside of the state of California, I want to say five years ago. And the event was touted as, you know, this event, you're going to learn techniques, strategies, technology that nobody has. Nobody has. So I go... And I go to this, this event, I fly to the East Coast, and the trainer, and I put that term loosely, rolls out and starts talking about, yeah, I'm going to teach you some stuff you've probably never heard of before. And I'm like, great, I've read so many sales books, I've read so many books on persuasion and influence, I've taken so many classes, I can't wait. So the guy gets up to the front of the room and he's like, all right, this technique I'm going to tell you about is called the feel Felt found method. And I'm looking around like, dude, Fuel Felt Found is not new. That's nothing new at all. In fact, you could look up a Brian Tracy book from the early 90s and there's some Fuel Felt Found. You can find some Tommy Hopkins, you know, old school sales training and there's feel Felt Found method in there. This isn't brand new and the day just got worse and I was pissed. I was frustrated. I was like, come on, you got to be kidding me. So part of the reason you don't like sales trainers real deal, is they use old techniques. They're stuck on tie-downs. You know, wouldn't you agree? Don't you agree? Shouldn't you agree? Isn't it? Wouldn't it? Couldn't it? You know, all the tie-downs. I've been through all the training. I've been through all of it. That's what they focus on, right? They tell you, you got to get on the yes train. Now, I did fall for this early on in my career. I don't know, 10, 15 years ago that you you had to get people to keep saying yes, Right? Uh, it was in influenced by Robert Saldini, and there there is some truth to it. There is some like uh, you can make some things happen, but if you pay attention to what Chris Voss says, no, a calibrated no is, is worth five times more than a yes. Love some Chris Voss, you know. Love some Jim Camp. Uh, start with no, or no, the only negotiating tool that you're ever going to need. Those those are things that are technology that I that I really like, that I think are fantastic. Uh, there's a guy named J- Seamus Brown. Seamus Brown used to live up here in Northern California, now he's a copywriter in San Diego, and I found some of his content, and loved what Seamus had to offer. You know, it was more of Sandler style, that's more of my technique. A little bit more pressure than some people like. You know, you hear the, the common phrases, either, you're being sold, or they're selling you. Or it feels like, clothes, 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 and you're a barker at a carnival. I remember 10 years ago, I was working for a heating and air company, maybe maybe even twelve. And uh, the owner's son was with me, and we got sent to a conference in Sacramento. And, and the manufacturer had been putting on this event and sell, set people to this event. And within the first thirty minutes, I'm sitting next to the owner's son, and I'm like, "Man, I can't, I can't do this." There's a million things I'd rather be doing today, and like sitting in this class is is one of them. So uh, he makes a phone call to his dad, and he's like, "Hey, I really don't want to be here." And the dad's like, "Hey." stay because it was a favor from the vendor from from the manufacturer now i saw that trainer once i've never heard of this guy again and he was horrible let's start with number two most people at your company they don't hold themselves accountable so you're forced to be trained to their level which isn't that much you know if you're paying attention to this episode or any of my other episodes one of the things that i love to say is most salespeople are lazy they truly are they want to put on the least amount of work to get the most amount of money but they really don't want to put in the effort. And what they do is they rely on basic skills and personality. And some make, people make a pretty good living on basic skills and personality. But the problem is is when you go and you train with that person and you have to sit through training with them, they're holding you back. You can only go as fast as they can. And if, if your sales training and your capabilities and your skills can get you to 100 miles an hour, they're training at 20. So you're bored. Even though it's Sales Basics and there's Sales Basic Mastery, you really can't get too much of Sales Basic Mastery. But at some point, you're like, I'm tired of eating cake. I want pie. Part of this is, uh, there's no nice way to say this. Most sales managers are not good at sales. They're not. They're in a management position because they couldn't close deals. And because they couldn't close deals, they were made a manager. But they were a people pleaser, and, and the ownership group were the people in the company like the manager or the person who is a salesperson that's now a manager and the sales manager has duplicated themselves so you know when I go in I work with a sales team and I meet with the manager I'm sizing them up because that's usually going to tell me what the sales team is going to be like and I'm very vocal about this this isn't something that I hide so if you're like hey Scott we're thinking about hiring you and I'm like hey most sales managers duplicate themselves and most sales managers suck hey it's, it's the way that it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and I'm not going to hide it. I'm going to tell you. This is one of the reasons why your team is not getting out of first gear is because you've duplicated the sales manager, the sales guy, the sales girl that couldn't close deals. So now you're forced to do whatever the bare minimum is and you can't get motivation. Number three, this could be you. You've been in sales for a while. They're teaching you the basics and you're bored with your job and what you're selling. What you're not recognizing is the problems that you have inside your office or the company may not be from the company. They could be coming from you. It could be an issue internally and you, you're like, oh, I'm frustrated. And then you sit down and you line it out or you listen to this episode. And you're like, you know what? I never thought of it. The reason that I'm frustrated with the company and the reason that I, I don't like the trainers that they bring in is because I don't care for the product. I don't care for the company. I don't care for, for what I have to offer. Number four. You have a process down, and you're okay with the results. You know, I worked with a sales guy for a while, and one of his things that he loved to say was, what's wrong with making eighty grand a year? Well, with the company I was with, the top sales guy was making $400,000 a year. So, you know, for the amount of appointments the guy was running and the amount of work that he was putting in, if he would have put in just a little bit more work, he would have doubled his income because they both ran the same amount of leads. They both took the same amount of calls, and You know, if you're just like, hey, I'm okay with, I don't know, fill in the blank, 80 grand a year, 100 grand a year, 120 grand a year, 200,000 a year. And you're comfortable, you know, in your mind, you're like, why are you sending me to this? I'm doing, I'm doing good. I'm doing everything that I could be doing. I don't, I don't need this. I don't, I don't want to be here. Number five, you have conflicts with the sales trainer or how sales is being taught. Now, most sales training, I'm going to tell you, is recycled. Most, I've been through so much. I've seen so many people, I've seen so many experts, and I put that in, in quotes and I put it very loosely. I put it in quotes and I put it loosely because there are so many people who are self-proclaimed experts, but yet they're not good. You know, I, I've, I've watched sales trainers who swear that they're good at sales and I've I've sat through their training and I've watched and at the end of the day, they're better at selling the training than they are selling themselves out in the field. They just can't. They can't close based upon with what they're teaching. Some of these sales trainers flat off just rip off others. Flat off just rip off others. They take somebody else's content and they pass it off as their own. One of the reasons you may hate uh, or have conflicts with the way that the training's been taught is some of these trainers, once again in air quotes, very loosely represented here, they're just gathering intel and they're repackaging what they learn from you and then reselling it and passing it off as their own. And I have seen this happen. I know of people who do this. I know of plenty of people who do this. There's not just like one guy or one girl. There's plenty of people who they look for new content, new information. They rip it off. They pass it their own. They're like, I'm the expert. And then somebody raises their hand. They're like, uh, that's my creation. And then they give some like, well, you know, uh, it's just me taking liberties. I've seen that one. Number six, there's no respect for the trainer and their skills. They may not have ever really been able to sell a product or service, but gosh darn it, they can sell their training. And you're like, Scott, how could that happen? So think about this. Your buyers, when you sell them a product or service, one of their risks is looking bad in front of their peers. And a business owner has a lot on the line. And if a business owner goes out and hires a coach or a trainer, and it's a horrible coach or a trainer, the last thing that they want to have to do is admit to their sales team that they made a mistake. Okay, so let's go down this path. If they can't admit to their sales team that they made a mistake, they can't admit to other business owners that they made a mistake. Because if they do, the risk is they're going to look dumb. So what happens is they're like, hey, I heard you had XYZ trainer come out and they're like, oh yeah, you're going to love that guy or that girl. Well, they can't say truthfully, don't hire that guy or that girl because the risk is they're going to look dumb. And I want you to think about something on this tangent masterminds are a very interesting way to find out who the owner is, okay? And so a mastermind owner may have 10, 20, 30, 100, 500 people in the group. And if you go in there and you're like, why are all these people abrasive? Chances are pretty good that that mastermind owner is duplicating themselves. You go into the mastermind group and you're like, why is everybody just, I don't know, they, they feel like, mmm. Something's wrong. And then you meet the mastermind owner and you're like, now I get it. You're like, Scott, what in the world does that have to do with hiring a sales trainer? Well, here's the thing. If sales managers duplicate themselves and mastermind owners duplicate themselves, sometimes what you're really finding out is the owner of the company, the person who is uh, at the head is not really the person that you thought that they were. They have found somebody that rings close to their personality, and you're like, oh my goodness. The reason why I don't like this trainer is because this is really who the owner is. Number seven, it could be the attitude of the person teaching. Now, I was in a class, and I had a legitimate question. So I raised my hand, get called on, Scott, what's going on? And I asked my question And the trainer, once again, in loose air quote terms, said, so what do you think the answer is? I said, I didn't ask you to ask me what I thought the answer was. I didn't ask you to reverse on me. I didn't ask you to use a sales technique on me. I asked you a question and it became a standoff because I wasn't going to let it go. This person wanted to exert that they had strength in the room. And I'm like, I'll play your silly game, you know? I'll I'll just keep asking questions. I'll just keep going down this rabbit hole. And the thing was, they couldn't answer the question. And I pointed out, I said, you know what? It's okay if you don't know the answer. It's okay if you don't know the answer and you can't teach this content. And so like I pushed back on them. They thought they were going to exert on me. No, I flexed right back on them. It could be that the person's too cocky. You know, you look at them and you're like, "Mm, I don't like the way that this person acts. It's part of their attitude. I see them in their pictures. I see their advertising. I see the way that they talk. It could be number eight, that you could be closing deals and listen instead of listening to somebody who isn't that good. Every time that I have been pulled into a sales meeting and I'm forced to listen to a trainer who isn't that good, the first thing in my mind is like, I could be closing deals. I could be making money. Yes, we're probably going to go over some sales basics. Yes, we're probably going to answer some questions that have been asked that are going to be important but I would pick those up along the way. I've been in sales long enough. I don't need to be in this meeting. I don't need to be here. You know who needs to be here? Is the person that's been duplicated by the sales manager who can't close deals. That's who needs to be here. That's the person that needs to be there. Number 10, the process only works for the trainer's personality type, and it isn't your type. Okay, so whatever personality type you have, you have an arch nemesis, including me. And there's sales processes that I don't like and there's people that i don't like to work with there's people that i don't like their content and i have to ask myself is it is it their content or is it that i'm too close to them what i want to do is i want to give you a bonus number 11. bonus number 11. and here's what it comes down to and i'm going to give you a term and it's manipulation manipulation now All sales messages, all persuasion, all influence is a form of manipulation, but there's different levels of manipulation. So I learned from a guy named Dave Lacani. Dave Lacani wrote a book, uh, Persuasion, the Art of Getting What You Want. And I saw him, I want to say 2006, 2007 in Las Vegas at a Kevin Hogan event. And he, he was like, hey, all content is manipulation. And I really, I've really thought about that. And I asked him a question about it. He said, hey, Scott, look here, here's the thing. If you're a parent and you're trying to make sure that your kids don't smoke or that they don't do drugs, you're going to give them a message and you're going to manipulate them to an extent and you're going to get them to do things that you want them to do based upon their own behalf. She goes, is that unethical or is that ethical? And I said, well, that's ethical. And then he gave me another example and he said, is it ethical or unethical? And I told him it's unethical. And I said, he said, okay, that's, that's the difference. You know, unethical manipulation is what you have a problem with. And so... I was in a clubhouse room, uh, I want to say a month ago, and I'm listening to this guy box people in. I'm listening to this guy use emotional manipulation to sell a $1,000 product. You know, this guy says that, I don't know, everybody on clubhouse says that they're a billionaire, but this guy says that he's got a ton of money, yet he's trying to sell a $1,000 product. And the reason I was really struggling with him was he wasn't, Speaking to the person's problem, he wasn't talking about the benefits of doing the work with him. It was full-on emotional manipulation, arm twisting, and it was to the point for me. I was like, "This is uncomfortable." One, this guy is not good at what he does because if he was, and he was like this multi-million-dollar dude or this billionaire, because everybody claims on Clubhouse that they're a billionaire, he wouldn't need a thousand dollars. He would be selling ten and twenty thousand-dollar packages. But here's the thing. The reason sometimes that you very much dislike sales trainers is it comes down to this. They're emotionally manipulative. That's all they got. And at the end of the day, emotionally manipulated people tend to be very good con artists. So you look and you're like, I've got to listen to this guy or this girl. And they're very emotionally manipulative. Now, my my grandmother, my grandmother, Amy, invented guilt. So if you go to Wikipedia and look up guilt, There is a picture of a woman named Amy who was born in 1919, and she's got a scowl on her face. Well, what you end up seeing is these manipulators only have so many patterns. But if you're not a manipulator, you can't use that sales process because you're not wired for it. So earlier in this conversation, I shared with you that, you know, you don't like the style of teaching that somebody has, and this is going to fall into that line. This is going to definitely fall into that line because you don't like the way that they're teaching because in your mind, you're like, this person's a scumbag. And if they're an emotionally manipulative person and they're getting somebody twisted up, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to 100% agree with you. So pay attention to the people that really ring true with some sales training. So I look around and I'm like, okay, in the group, in this room that I'm with, who's ringing true with the trainer that's up in the front? And if I don't care for the trainer, I start asking questions. Why don't why don't I like them? Is it because they're too close to my style? Is it because they're emotionally manipulative? Is it because they don't know what they're doing? Is it because they're a scumbag? And I use it as a, as a form of a self-analysis to figure out what's going on. To figure out, okay, how can I be better here? What is triggering me? I was talking to my, my good friend, Dr. Caslow, the other night. And we were talking about change. And I said, Dr. K, I don't have a problem with change. And it was late. My time was probably like 11 or 12 because we typically talk late night. And then the next morning I was driving and I started thinking about it. And I said, you know what? There's things that I want to change that are easy to change. And then there's things that I fight and I resist against. And so the reason I bring this up is there's, there's retrospect and introspect and ideas and thoughts. And my challenge for you today is the next time you have a sales trainer... A coach come into the office, you know, somebody that comes to work with you and you don't like them. Your job is to figure out why your job is to figure out what's causing that problem. What's causing that conflict because that's valuable information. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a different example that you may completely understand. Every single salesperson has a buyer. That's their kryptonite. Every single salesperson has somebody that they're just like, I don't like this buyer. I really don't. I don't care for them. I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to work with them. I don't want to sell them. They drive me up the wall. And I'm going to tell you, mine flat out, I don't do well with engineers. I don't do well with those people who, who think like an engineer. And it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means that is my arch enemy. If I was a cartoon character, they would be my nemesis. So your goal is to figure out why a sales trainer is your nemesis. Is it that you're stuck in a meeting and you're like, I don't want to be here because my skills are good enough and I'm good enough. Is it that the sales manager or the business owner is duplicated themselves? Is it that the person is an emotional terrorist, and they're all they do is manipulate and you think it's unethical? You know why? Why don't you like the trainer? Why don't you like the coach? And then figure out what you could do about it. Maybe you could find a coach or a trainer that is more your style. Now. When I work with people, I'll tell them, like, look, I, I, will, I will never push your ethical boundaries. I'll make you uncomfortable, but I'll never make you question your morals. And there's plenty of sales trainers out there that they will sell at any cost, and they will do and say anything to close a deal. And what you're feeling is the yuck that comes from that, from some of these coaches and some of these trainers, because all it is is emotional manipulation, And I got to tell you, when people try to emotionally manipulate me, I just shut down. I'm like, I'm not interested. So find your path, find your reason and look around and say, why is it that I don't like this coach? Why is it that I don't like this mentor? And what can I do about it? Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.